Does your life ever feel like a suit that doesn't quite fit properly? Do you ever wonder why, no matter how hard you work, how closely you follow the advice and the tried and trusted steps that convention says you should follow, you never seem to get where you want to be? Well, the chances are the life you're living is out of alignment with who you really are. I'm Chris Brock and this is Conversations on Living, a podcast about how to be well, do well and live well. Think of this podcast like a door, and I'm here with my guests to show it to you, and maybe even open it for you, but it's up to you to walk through. Today's door handle turner is Sam Thiara. Sam teaches at the Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, and he's the author of Lost and Found, his personal story about retracing his grandfather's life and discovering himself along the way. His message is that once you dig down and find out who you really are, you can start to live a fulfilling and rewarding life that is in alignment with your values. Like the Stoics, he believes that the route to success is signposted with obstacles and that this will lead us where we need to go for a happy life. And if we keep asking ourselves why, then we'll get to the truth of who we came here to be. You can find out more about Sam, his ideas, his writings and his book at his website, which is sam-thiara.com. That's sam T-H-I-A-R-A.com. But before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to the guys at Headliner. I, uh, I mention them every week and that's because they support this podcast with their service. And it's a service I use to make audiograms, which are those little social media sized uh, graphics with moving waveforms or captions that a lot of podcasts use to advertise and market their episodes. Uh, I use it because it's the most powerful and uh, straightforward way to create audiograms. And if you're a podcast host as well, you should really think about giving it a go. That's Headliner, which is at www.headliner.app. And a quick word about Plane. Uh, this is a video game created by a friend of the show, Krish Shrikumar. Uh, in the game, you are challenged to create a forest and, and nurture an island full of beautiful plants, trees, uh, with your animal companions while you're doing it. And the aim of the game is to develop skills in mindfulness and build up positive habits around simple meditations and uh, deep relaxation techniques and that sort of thing. Uh, it's great. It's a great way to get into mindfulness and meditation. And if video games are your, uh, your cup of tea, then it's definitely worth checking out. So that's Plane, P-L-A-Y-N-E, at www.plane.co. And finally, just a quick request from me to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast and also tell the world because it all helps to spread the love. So tell your neighbours, tell your partners, tell your friends, tell your pets, tell everyone you can find. Shout it from the windows, uh, put flyers through people's letterboxes, whatever it takes. Just let everyone know about Conversations on Living because it all helps us to um, get traction, invite uh, new guests, good guests, and to um, spread the word about what we're trying to do, which is all about empowering ourselves and equipping ourselves with the tools to live a life uh, of our own, uh, that take ownership of our situation and to really fulfill and re- live up to our potential. So, you know, tell the world. And uh, you can also find out, um, you know, more about this podcast, other episodes, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, also at the website, that's conversationsonliving.com. And while you're there, you can check out my writing, my um, my 21 day gratitude challenge. I've got some meditations on there. And if you sign up for my newsletter as well, you will get um, a lovely free treat to download. And don't forget, you can also continue the conversation in our Facebook group, which is Conversations on Living. 
So check it out, sign up and join the conversation. Anyway, that's enough about that. Time now to get into my conversation with the fantastic Sam Thiara. So Sam Thiara, thank you for coming on my podcast. So you're an Englishman originally, but then you ended up in, in Vancouver in Canada and you teach at the um, Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. And uh, you have a lot of interesting ideas. I mean, you left university, you became a janitor, you've been rejected by job after job after job. So kind of school of school of life, university of hard knocks, if you like. And, uh, and I've, I've kind of had similar bumps along my journey as well. And, uh, and just like you, I think those are the kind of most valuable lessons that we can learn, and they give us a great deal of insight. And you've kind of modeled this insight into a kind of I don't want to say formula for for living or anything like that, but uh, it kind of led you to a, a TED talk where, or a TEDx talk where you talked about discovering the extraordinary in the ordinary, which for me sounds a lot like kind of mindfulness and being present and all that kind of stuff. Um, but before I ramble on any longer, maybe I should hand over the kind of microphone to you so you can talk a little bit about your story and uh, and how you got to where you are today. Uh, thanks, Chris. And I really do look forward to being able to share some insights. And uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's one of those, I think the best quote I can say that I live by is obstacles are the necessary bricks on a road to success. We fear those obstacles, but what we don't realize those obstacles are the way that will guide us to where we need to go. So don't fear those obstacles, embrace them. And uh, to your point, it's true. Like I graduated from university uh, with this mindset of who's lucky to get me because I have a degree in business and political science and uh, you start applying for jobs and, you know, that's what we traditionally would be doing. And, you know, who's lucky to get me. And I remember at graduation saying, okay, this is what I have to do. And I wound up going home and I sent out 12 letters to in prospective employers. Who's lucky to get me. And you know, after two weeks, a letter arrived and it just basically said, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have a job for you, but good luck. And I thought, well, that's all right. I mean, you're not lucky, but uh, I've got 11 letters out there and someone else is going to be lucky. And uh, but you know what? I'm going to send three more letters out. Well, Chris, it became like the tide. The more letters I sent out, the more rejections. And I wound up with uh, 86 rejection letters, and I still hold on to them. And it's the, literally the size of a brick and weighs about as much as a brick. And this is what I carried with me. But that's where you're correct. I mean, my first job was being a janitor, emptying floor, you know, emptying rubbish bins, mopping floors. But again, I went into that job with a mindset. Instead of looking at it as the obvious, I looked at it from a, a different perspective of this isn't my last stop. What am I going to learn here? And there were three valuable life lessons that I want to share with your audience. The first life lesson I learned, my father said, I don't care what you do, just do the best job possible because your reputation's on the line. And that's what I did. There was no rubbish bin left full and the floors were absolutely spotless. But I carry that with me to who I am today in anything that I do has to have that care and quality. The second valuable lesson, there were times I, was, I would get on the elevator with nurses, doctors and administrators and you were ignored because you're not a professional. I know what it feels like to be ignored or 
a sense and feeling of insignificance. This is why I talk to everybody. This is why I want everyone to share with me their story of who they are. And the third valuable lesson is rather than looking at any situation from an obvious and absolute lens, let's look at it from the standpoint of in anything that we embrace or we do, there are lessons good or bad, but there are lessons to be had. And that mentality has carried me forward. So I'm always going through life with my lens open, my radar on, and embracing these experiences and looking at it from a much more deeper perspective. And it's guided me to a point in many years later, when everything sort of resolved, I was in a corporate job that, that job didn't fit. It felt like a suit that just didn't fit me. And I looked around and there were many people wearing suits that didn't fit them, which was their career. The moment I stopped thinking about what I was doing and shifted to who I am, clarity emerged. And that's what's really guided me beyond to where I am today. And I'm guided by five things in life that carries me but it was all this conversation about who I am versus what am I going to do that really laid that foundation and clarity to get me where I am today. That's interesting. I mean, this really resonates very much with my own experiences and also what this podcast is very much about. There's a kind of, with my own experiences, I've had kind of career highs where I've been working in New York as a magazine editor, mm. but also career lows where I've been quite fed up. I've been working as a van driver or um, working as a carer for disabled people. Yet it's it's those career lows that I, I kind of am the most fond of. And I think I've learned the most from those. But also this, the tagline for this podcast is kind of very informally, um, being well, doing well and living well. Mm. And it's, you know, by by just being as positive, well, not necessarily positive, but, but by being kind of the epitome of what we stand for and by, by acting in that way and by doing that, then we get to live a more fulfilled life rather than chasing um, one of our, you know, onto whatever those dreams are. So, I mean, how did this, what did this kind of um, materialize as you, you kind of, you know, you came, you came with these ideas and how did this manifest into your life? How did that um, reveal itself to you? Yeah, because it was, it was self-created uh, because that's where I, I was looking at what my job was and realizing it just didn't fit. It, what, I could do the job, it's not me. But then I had to ask myself, well, but what is me? And then I started doing some self-reflection and introspection and I started shifting from what to who am I? So not what am I going to do or what am I doing to who am I? And I said, what are the five things that I'm not willing to compromise that are going to be really important to me in life and career, not just career, but life and career. And I started asking myself these deeper questions and I came up with five things which have changed over time. So the five things that guide and direct me in life right now, servant leadership, story sharing, activator igniter, champion enabler, and community do-gooder. Now, back then, those were five different words related and similar. But Chris, when I sat down and I, and I came up with those five things, it made me realize with clarity, I was in the wrong job. And then it helped guide me to, okay, if it's not the right job, 
what might be the right job? And I looked at, you know, opportunities that were within the corporation. And one area came up, which was that that popped in my mind was road safety. And I realized road safety closely aligned to those five things that were really important to me. Now, the, the part that's really interesting is the noise around me said, it's not going to materialize because you don't have any skills in that area. But it meant more to me to pursue this. And I started going down this pathway, gaining some experience, volunteering, uh, trying to absorb and gain as much as I could. And it wasn't difficult because it, it aligned to the five things that were really important to me. And 14 months later, here I am in that job that everyone said you could not get because you know what? It was authentic to me. And this is what I then share with other people is, you know, let, let's talk about what are the five things you're not willing to compromise in life and career. Now, the way we go about doing this when I have my sessions with people is I'll say, okay, tell me about your current job and previous jobs. What did you like about the various aspects of it? But what did you not like about it? But for each of those, tell me why. Why did you like it? Why did you not like whatever, whatever? What about when you were in school? Which classes did you really enjoy? And which ones did you not enjoy? But why? And what do you like to do in your social and spare time? Why? And we go through a process of, again, self-reflection, introspection. And next thing you know, people start coming up with these words. So. I'll give you an example. So many times when I do this exercise, the first word people will tell me is family. Family is so important to me. I said, okay, why is family important? And then they, they go into depth and they, you know, they might talk about the connections they have or the relationships, uh, you know, with their immediate family, the extended family, even extending to uh, their friends. I said, okay, so you've used the words relationships and connectedness. Does that impact you? And is that important to you in the workplace? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. What about when you were in school? Were relationships and connections important? And they're like, oh, for sure. What about social life? Is that important? And they're like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, can we replace family with relationships and connectedness as one of your center points? So now what happens is we go through and we come up with four more. But now you've started to build this foundation so that you can now compare it with what you're doing presently. And does it hit one out of five, four out of five? How many does it hit? And if it's missing, let's say you hit two out of five, can you incorporate the other three into your present job? The answer is no. Can you incorporate those three that are missing outside of your work? And if the answer is no, Maybe we then need to say, okay, where do you need to go? And it's not like I'm saying today we make a decision that, okay, Chris, you're not in the right position tomorrow, hand in your resignation, let's move on. No, no, there's, let's, let's start building a plan, a platform, and a way to get you where you can now build more of these uh, core elements, as I call them, into your life. Now, the fear people have is... I'm making you pick five things. What if they're not the right words? What if I'm in the wrong direction? I'm like, you start 
from a base point. And as you go through life and career, change the words to better reflect as you grow as an individual. I mean, you know, it, to build a house, we need a solid foundation. To build a life, we need a solid foundation. I mean, we pay someone to come and check the foundation of the house to make sure it's secure. When have we checked the foundation of ourselves? But that's the process that we go through. That's fascinating because I know I've, I've talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, when we're living a life that is aligned with who we are, then we live a much more fulfilled existence. We're able to reach greater heights and, and you know, life rewards us in uh, different ways. You know, we're much more satisfied. Absolutely. But half the time, we don't actually know who we are in order to choose the, the kind of things that we're aligned to. We, we know things that we're kind of roughly interested in. But this kind of exploration of the, you know, the why in every, exp exp uh, you know, every aspect, you know, why did you enjoy these things? Why were these things important to you? It's actually opening a window into kind of who we are a little bit mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, it might be a little bit daunting to people who mm -hmm. have, you know, done what they should have done. They followed the kind of the, you know, the guide, the, you know, the route maps that they've been given from school onwards. Mm -hmm. They've done what they were told to do. Do you get much resistance from people when you're mm -hmm. having these conversations? It starts out with a little bit of resistance because people are fearful of change. But what happens though is, you know, especially a lot of times I'm, I'm speaking with uh, anywhere from 15 to 40 year olds. That's a, that's a big chunk of the people that I engage with. So they're starting off quite early in their career, especially when I teach at university. I mean, I'm incorporating a lot of this in to give them the tools so that they can then project as they move forward with the understanding that you're by doing this exercise, you're not going to jump into this opportunity that is the epitome of an euphoric moment of like, this is exactly what I meant to do. But it gives you the tools to start moving forward. But equally, for people that are in careers, it's the same thing, like, you know, they may be hesitant or resistant. I mean, think of it as, you know, continuance commitment, like, I mean, I've got to pay the mortgage, the kids are in school and all of that. I don't know if I can leave my position. But I'm also talking about fulfillment outside of the work environment as well. So make it more holistic. It's, you know, people may be resistant to it, but when you start asking about what really matters to you, I also see that they start focusing and thinking about, yeah, you know what? Okay, how? And I think one of the things that's really important is to realize you may not be in this by yourself. Talk to trusted people, hire a coach. I mean, a coach is there to support you. I mean, for myself, I mean, I mentor and coach. I've had about 5,000 conversations to date. And it's always so funny, Chris, people come to me. They see me as a orange saffron bearded man sitting on top of a mountain who's going to tell them exactly what they need to do. And that's what they want. I call myself the difficult monk because the answers you need lie within you. My job is to just ask you questions and then you will discover your journey and pathway, but I'm here to support and guide you. I think one of the most important things about this as you, as what you're talking about is realize that, you know, you're not doing this by yourself find the people that are champions and enablers who are there to support you. 
the people who see possibilities and opportunities, not the challenges and obstacles. So bring those people within you. If you don't have anyone that you can work with, there's a lot of coaches out there that uh, can provide that support. And, and what they do is they actually make it so that they provide you the tools and you know the map that helps you get where you need to go. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because often the people we are surrounded by, our friends, our family, mm -hmm they're quite comfortable with us being where we are. Mm -hmm. And so they will subconsciously maybe um, yeah. prevent us from, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone. They might, they might just say little, little yeah. things that might undermine us. And then, we, you know, we say, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, or I'm thinking about changing something in my life. And they'll sort of say, oh, are you sure about that? And you, that, suddenly, that's, you know, yeah, maybe that's the maybe noise, that, you know. <laughs> I and, call that uh, noise. I know. And, it, and it's very difficult because we're, we're constantly seeking validation and approval yeah. from the people we respect and the people we, we look to. So it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it, to step out of that and seek kind of a, a, someone else to you know, support us or even to go it alone. Yeah. Where, where do we find that courage? Oh, definitely. Uh, there are champions and enablers out there. The people who aren't the noise, they activate the voice within to be louder than the noise around you. And it's not to say that you're disrespecting the people around you. I mean, people may provide their insights because if you don't know the direction you want to go, people are going to help determine what that will be, especially if you're younger. And the champions enablers are those who are there to guide and support you along the way. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I had someone who came to me and they said, uh, you know, they wanted to be a, an author, a writer, and, you know, they said, you know, they were so enthusiastic because they just got admitted into university and they got into the writing program and they were so thrilled. And that was in a September month. By November, they came to me and said, you know what, I think I'm going to leave the writing program and uh, pick something else. And I said, but this is something you've always talked about. And we've talked about it. And this is really important. Well, why? And they said, yeah, but I can't make money at this. And I said, okay, number one. Um, well, who said you can't make money at this? And when they told me, I said, does this person know anything about the writing industry? And they're like, actually, no. And I said, why are you listening to them? I can put you in touch. I mean, I'm an author, but don't listen to me. I will put you in touch with people in the writing industry. Second point is money is not a motivator. Money is a result of your motivation. So let's put that aside because if you pursue it for money, you're only going to accomplish a certain level, but you're not going to reach your pinnacle best because it's just not that authentic because it's all about the money. And the third thing I suggested is, but when you're talking about writing or being an author, or, you know, that writing industry, are you talking about fiction writing, nonfiction writing, corporate writing, publishing, editing, uh, intranet and i went on and on and they were like i didn't realize the space was that big so oftentimes like i said and and to your point chris there's a lot of noise out there so how do we activate the voice within to be louder than the noise around and part of it is those champions enablers the coaches the mentors the people who are there to support you in this journey the other part of it and uh, is that there are situations where people might be hesitant because 
parents might say, well, yeah, that's not the, a good place. You should be this. Uh, and I've told, you know, those individuals, you know, what you need to do, though, is do your research. In other words, if you want to be a digital marketer and your parents are saying, be a lawyer because they can make a lot more money. But don't just go in and say, no, I'm going to be a digital marketer. Explain to them what a digital marketer does. Explain to them what are the possibilities of going down this pathway and what are the career trajectories? What about salaries? Explain to them that actually digital marketers make a, a lot of money. But then also, if I was to become a lawyer, that doesn't resonate and here's why. If I become a digital marketer, here's why it does resonate. And here's why I can be so good at it. In other words, do your, do your research and build it as a persuasive argument on why this is important to you. And hopefully they will garner the support then as a result, but find those champions and enablers. I suppose as well, when you're building that case, you're also convincing yourself, you're finding the mm -hmm. inner strength to make that, make those decisions. Absolutely. You, you talked early on about that kind of a holistic view of life. Is there, I mean, we're, we're all, always kind of saying you know you must find your passion and that is your one thing you know and, and people say what are you up you know i'm a photographer i'm a writer i'm a doctor whatever it is but does your passion need to be your your main thing can you have the job that is that pays well but is incredibly boring and, and kind of demoralizes you but the thing you do outside of work is the thing that lifts you up and that's mm -hmm. where you can find your you know it might be growing roses it might be yeah. you know writing poetry it could be whatever it is but you know, if you can make space for that, then it kind of bal balances out that kind of the drudgery with this kind of other wonderful thing. Yeah, actually, and I love the word, the word passion. I always say passion cannot be sustained. Passion is your igniter to purpose. Purpose is where we need to go. But passion is equally important because that's what ignites you. And, you know, also, I would say if you're really miserable in where you are as a position. The challenge becomes anything and everything goes down that trajectory. So if a manager says something because it's drudgery or you don't like your job, you're gonna look at it through a negative lens. A coworker says, oh, do you mind if, uh, you know, uh, could you just look after this for 15 minutes because I gotta dash out and do this. You're gonna look at it from a negative lens and say, well, you know, they're, they're always doing this or in that way. It's difficult, but we need to have a mind shift. And that mind shift sometimes says, I may not really enjoy where I am, but what is it about that I do that I can pull some strands of things that may shine a bit of light on something that may be dim? And it's not easy to do because people, unfortunately, once they're in that pathway, they're, they're going down that pathway. But once you start looking at it through a different lens, a perspective, a different perspective, maybe that person who had to dash out for 15 minutes, maybe try to, you know, and they say, could you do that? You know, and then, you know, a conversation happens. Is everything all right? And they're like, well, actually, it's not. And you're like, oh, and then you start um, learning more about the people you work with. You learn more about that place where you are and reignite why you're there if you can but 
equally at the same time, like you say, if you love to write poetry or you're gardening, try to bring that into that workspace to shine a bit of light into that, uh, you know, so that maybe your colleagues realize, you know what, Chris, you're a poet. Uh, I didn't realize you're a poet. You're like, yeah, no, here's what I'm doing. And you know, I'm gonna be speaking at this, uh, this event. If anyone's interested, please come by. So there are ways to start seasoning and helping that uh, place where you're not happy. But I think part of it is you need to look at yourself to say, am I also contributing to this negative energy that I'm putting out? And maybe there needs to be that shift. Uh, one thing I've always said as well is no matter how great of a person I may be, I can't change the weather. I can't change many of the circumstances around me. Uh, but what I can change is how I'm going to react to the situation. Um, I dictate how I'm going to react to the situation, but I'm not going to let it pull me down into a negative zone. Uh, so I always look at it through the lens of, yeah, this didn't work out right, but you know, what's the possibility? What are the uh, things that I can even pull from here that may help me as I move forward? There are a lot of, um, you know, very kind of wise people have written over many hundreds and thousands of years about this kind of disconnect between our own perspective and the reality of a situation. I think Maya Angelou said, you know, if, if you don't like a situation, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude, you know, and uh, the Stoics certainly have said a lot of things along those lines. And uh, you also spoke at the beginning about how your obstacle becomes your your kind of direction. And, and that's another very stoic uh, philosophy. You know, how much do we need to nurture this kind of self-awareness so that we can say, you know, this, this thing that we're finding incredibly difficult, once we, once we kind of accept that it's difficult and it's upsetting and we don't like it, it's actually a signpost for what we need to do next. And it's, it's a kind of guiding light, if you like, to where we need to focus our energy. How can we kind of develop that self-awareness if we don't already have it? Yeah, I mean, that was the first TEDx speech I did. Um, you know, oftentimes we're in autopilot, doing our job, family commitments and our usual routines. And I came up with this uh, TEDx talk that I called Discovering the Extraordinary in the Ordinary. In other words, our lives are ordinary, or so we think. But embedded in the ordinary are these tremendously extraordinary experiences. And, you know, we just have to be open to it. And what, the way that I came up with this is this concept of what I call carpe. Carpe, as in carpe diem, sees the day. But carpe is what I do to shift that concept and idea to become more reflective. And the way I do that is car carpe stands for curiosity, appreciation, reflection, perspectives, experience. Curiosity is going through life with your lens all open, your radar open, and you know things may stop you. So again, break the routine, go a different way to work, or you know maybe you know talk to someone you haven't talked to. That's curiosity. That stops you. Appreciation is when you stop and something has stopped you. Appreciate it for more than what it is. Reflection is where you add purpose and meaning to something that is even beyond. So uh, what you'll find with reflection is you start adding purpose and meaning to it. Perspectives, we all have our own perspectives, but embedded in these perspectives 
are ways that we add more significance to our reflection. And experience is capturing this as a story or as an experience so it doesn't die an untimely death. And what I'll do is I'll give you an example of how, you know, something simple can be ordinary, how we can change it and make it extraordinary. So what I do is I hold on to puzzle pieces. So I've got a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. And I give this to an individual. And when I give a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle piece to an individual, uh, I say, what can you do with one piece? And they always say, well, not much. It's a single piece. It's ordinary. And I'm like, absolutely, it's ordinary. But Chris, this is what people feel like. People feel like that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. We don't know where we fit in. We don't know what the bigger picture is, but we go through life. But I shift that perspective because what I always say is, apart from this single piece, I hold a satchel in my hand. And in the satchel are puzzle pieces. If I give you a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, do you realize my puzzle will now be permanently incomplete without you? Do you realize how important you are to my puzzle? And I suddenly see a transformation on their face because they suddenly realize you've just shifted it from ordinary to extraordinary. I've had people tell me it's taped to their mirror. It reminds them someone said that I matter. It's traveled in backpacks around the world. It's in wallets. And somebody showed me a picture the other day, actually two people separately. They said, yeah, you're, you're, and they posted it. They said, your puzzle pieces. And they had it next to their wallet still with me. And that's an example of how Carpe works, curiosity. So when I did this puzzle analogy, curiosity stopped me. There, there's something more than just what this puzzle is beyond what its obvious use is. So that's appreciation. Sorry, that's the curiosity that stopped me. I appreciated that puzzle piece for more than what it is. And I started reflecting and adding purpose and meaning to it. And I brought my perspectives in on connectedness and togetherness and stories, and it added more significance to it, but I captured it as an experience so that I still give these out. It's been about 5,000 to date to remind people how important they are, but that's an example. It's wonderful, actually. I, I One of my favorite conversations I've had on the podcast is with Martha Beck. I don't know if you know Martha Beck or um, you've read any of her books or anything, but she's a... Uh, a academic also a coach and a mentor but she talks about how we can define value in life and create importance using our own kind of sense of will really and you can take anything and once you start to add uh, meaning and value and you know whatever it is suddenly that that very ordinary thing becomes really really valuable and also but i, th I think the jigsaw is a, a really unique idea because mm -hmm. like you say once you take that piece away the rest of the the jigsaw essentially becomes worthless without that one piece and all of those pieces add real value you know we all have a, a part to play in this kind of great organism that is kind of life and existence and that kind of thing yeah, yeah. How and, we... and, the, and i was just going to add to that yeah. is the fact that no one puzzle piece is more important than another piece every single piece has a significance in that puzzle that you hold as a, I mean, as a, as a puzzle piece, how do we find our, our place in the greater puzzle? Is that where the curiosity comes in? Yeah, yeah. And just the fact that you know that you are connected to others who, you know, you may not even realize that 
uh, these individuals uh, that you're surrounded by, whether it's in the workplace, whether it was schoolmates, um, you know, your social network, all of this makes up this giant puzzle and, you know, you're in it, um, but, you know, it's all components of those experiences and stories. It makes me think a little bit of um, uh, the Japanese uh, unanswerable questions, you know, the, the sound of one hand clapping and that sort of thing. You know, we, we, we're going through life and you said early on about how, you know, this thing you're doing now doesn't have to be the thing you're doing in five years time. You know, you can change your mind. You can change what's important to you. And I heard a metaphor, a great metaphor um, about when they fired the Apollo moon landings, you know, the first um, uh, men to walk on the moon. They kind of knew roughly where the moon was, um, but they didn't have a roadmap to the moon, but they kind of aimed the rocket and they fired it. But then the whole way there, it was course corrections all the way along, you know, and at, at any time they could have, you know, turned the thing around and, and come home, you know, and someone used that as a metaphor for life. And I think there's a similarity here, you know, there's, we're a puzzle piece and maybe our job is not to know exactly where we're going, but to keep experimenting and trying and, you know, finding different things that work for us until we start to find out where we fit into the bigger picture. Yeah. And, and the, the challenge though is, especially when I work with younger people, you know, who are in university and young professionals, they want to solve their life puzzle. And I'm there saying, actually, you can't solve your life puzzle. And the way I describe it as another analogy is if I dropped a 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzle on your table and I left with the cover, what are you building? The cover is your completed life. The puzzle is your life. And what many of these individuals obviously would love to do is throw 5,000 pieces way up in the air. And when it lands, they hope it bounces into place and their life is before them. But we know puzzles don't work like that. You're going to have to build it piece by piece, section by section. And maybe what they do is, so I've got the box cover, they've got the 5,000 pieces and that's their life. You then sift through it. Maybe you find pieces of a chimney door in a window. Maybe there's a house. So you start pulling pieces that look like a house and you start building this house here on the side. Well, while you're halfway through building the house, you turn a piece over and you're like, oh, wait, I think this is part of the mast of a ship. And now you start seeing parts of a ship. The house isn't done. Now you start building a ship. Halfway through building the ship, you start finding a pieces of a car. The house isn't done. The ship's not done. And now you're building a car. This is what our life is like. It's in segments and sections. There's no assemblance of order. And I always tell people that rather than trying to solve your life puzzle, try to find those singular pieces. The singular pieces are those people, experiences, and stories. I mean, if we've ever built a jigsaw puzzle, you have two sections that aren't complete, but you suddenly find that one piece that connects the two sections together. Rather than trying to go through life trying to solve your life puzzle, go through life trying to find those connecting pieces, the things that add significance to you, the stories, the experiences, the coaches, the people around you, because that's going to help to make sense of what you're building as a life. I think that's wonderful because as well, you know, no one gets to see the finished puzzle until right at the very end. You know, and, and there's no way that it can be anything but finished, mm -hmm. you know, complete until you get right to the very end. So why not just explore this section of the puzzle, then yeah. explore that section of the puzzle, bring it all together like a kind of giant mosaic of broken pieces that you don't know, don't know what it is until you start to put them together. Yeah. And, you know, that's up to you to what that's going to be.
Mm-hmm. Um, so just to finish off, you, you yeah. talked about how you want to show the world how to care. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about collaboration, adaptability, resilience, and empathy. So mm-hmm. why are these um, why are these kind of core themes yeah. so important to you? Well, I think the pandemics obviously hit every single person and it's impacted not just individuals, it's impacted teams and organizations, educational institutions, nonprofits. And I remember sitting there saying, again, how can I control this situation that is presented before me that we can't control? And I, th- I came up with the, these four words that are really important to me, but I also realized they've been important to other people because I've shared it. Care sta- there is a need for us to care right now, and CARE stands for Collaboration, Adaptability, Resilience, and Empathy. Collaboration means we all have something to share. We all have something to contribute and bringing them together makes us stronger. So we should be collaborating more. Adaptability means let's not resist change. Everybody has been impacted and we've all had to become adaptable to it. Maybe take this adaptability mindset further to say, it's not so scary because I've had to do this. I was forced into it, but adaptability is where I've grown as an individual. Resilience means this is a marathon. It's not over today or tomorrow. This is not a hundred meter dash. Let's run this like a marathon. Let's, let's build this resilience in knowing that as a marathon, there's going to be some difficult places but then there's also those smoother sailing places. So let's build this resilience in to help us through those difficult times, but equally to help us, you know, during those times that we can celebrate. And empathy is showing more care and compassion to each other because we don't know what people are going through and how it's impacting them. So let's show more empathy and and build that into our lives so that we are collaborating, being adaptable, being more resilient, and being more empathetic to people. I think that will help us emerge out of this pandemic even stronger if we embrace these. Yeah, there is a danger, isn't there? Especially at the moment when people are very tired, there is a danger of kind of things boiling over and people losing their patience. Um, with you know everyone is you know in need of a little bit of kindness a little bit of empathy and understanding and perhaps that's where more of us can find our our place to fit in um Mm -hmm. as those kind of jigsaw pieces just to be a little bit kinder in our day-to-day life but uh but that's been a brilliant conversation i'm I'm really grateful for your time and your your insight um and so much of that has resonated with me especially on the journey that i've been on yeah. Um, if people want to find out more about you and kind of learn more about the kind of work you're doing and kind of take this further, where can they, where can they find you? Well, you can always drop by my website. I've got about 180 blog posts there and they're all accessible for anybody to read about these life experiences. And the, the website is www.sam-thiara.com and Thiara is T-H-I-A-R-A. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can always uh, reach out there as well. So that's not a problem, but that's, you know, making myself accessible and available, but hopefully there's some insights there for people. Fantastic. Well, I will, I will say 
goodbye now for the sake of the podcast but if you can hang on just for one minute afterwards that'd be great but um but thank you for that i'm so grateful and um yeah there's a lot to take away from that so i'm going to go away and and digest some of this now so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it uh chris well i appreciate it and uh what i leave with your audience is you know everyone's life is an autobiography make yours worth reading we are all living stories we all have significance share your story and your brilliance there's a great way to end so thank you so much for that so there we are a wonderful and inspiring conversation with sam thiara you can find out more about him like i said at his website that's sam-thiara.com and that link will be in the show notes you can find that wherever you get your podcasts or on the main website at conversationsonliving.com um, like I said at the beginning, don't forget to sign up to my newsletter, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, tell the world about Conversations on Living. Uh, we have a, a message here and that is about taking ownership of life, being well, doing well and living well. And um, yeah, so head over to the website and uh, and just have a browse, see whatever conversations you want to check out, check out some of my writings and that kind of thing. And in the meantime, have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.